Welcome to Starting the Conversation. You're listening to episode number 251 of the podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benham. I have missed sitting down and having just a good old chat with you. So that is what we're gonna be doing in today's episode. I first of all wanna say thank you so much for such a warm welcome (laughs) back to posting on this podcast. You might know that we took a very short break uh, across September just to get back in the swing of things after I took my month off in the summer. and I'm going to be totally transparent with you. The biggest reason that we took that break is because the standards that we have set for this podcast are so high that genuinely, unless we've got the guests that we want in the studio, edited in the best way, we just don't come back for the sake of it. So thank you for being patient whilst we kind of got all of our ducks in a row and got some amazing guests lined up. I have been so happy and excited to receive your messages of going, oh my gosh, the podcast is back. I love seeing where you listen to the episodes. I really enjoy hearing what you think of what the guests share. So if you haven't listened already to the couple of episodes we've had already, really interesting conversation with Danielle all about crowdfunding and her experience of raising over £20,000 in 30 days for her app. And last week, I really enjoyed sitting down with Grace, who is the marketing genius behind so much of what Stephen Bartlett and Dario the CEO does. Uh, Grace is just an absolute powerhouse. She was so honest. She gave us such a kind of behind the scenes look at her day today, what they do with Steven's personal brands. So I really hope you haven't already that you make the time to listen to those two episodes because they were everything that I want this podcast to be. Actionable, honest, interesting. Um, and I hope that today's episode kind of continues on that theme. The way that I like to do things here at the podcast is that we have two weeks of guest episodes and then one week in the middle, little old me sitting down, having a chat and just pressing record. These are some of my favorite episodes to record and I haven't done one in so long. Like when was the last time there was an episode that was just me having a bit of a chit chat with you? So I thought that for today's episode, I would almost catch you up, hopefully catch you up in a way that's gonna be interesting and valuable to you because I don't know, maybe this would be interesting to you. I don't know that it would be the best podcast episode if I just sat here and had like a one-sided conversation and was like, oh, so you missed this and I did that and I put my Christmas tree up and I launched this and this is going on the behind the scenes and I'm really struggling to wake up because it's dark in the mornings. I don't know. I feel like an episode like that would be slightly self-obsessed and probably not that interesting or valuable to you. So what I thought I would instead do today is kind of catch you up on what's been happening with my business over the last six weeks. And from that, hopefully share some insights that you might find um, helpful, encouraging, interesting. I personally love hearing about the behind the scenes of people's businesses. I feel like what we see online, it scratches the surface, right? Like it barely tells you anything. We just see people's kind of highlights reels or like the top level documentation. Whenever I'm like meeting up with someone for a coffee or kind of chatting to someone who runs a business, I'm trying to get down to like the detail. Like tell me about what is going on in your day-to-day behind the scenes. Tell me about the highs, the lows, what's been working for you. Um, So I thought that's what I would do a bit of in today's episode because one of the biggest things that has happened over the last six weeks is my business has, I don't want to say taken off because I've been running my business for like seven years. So I don't know if it counts as taking off if it's seven years in, but my business has had a really big six weeks. To catch you up on kind of the last few months, I took August off, which is something that I do as standard now in my business every year. It was great. I had a lovely time. I went on holiday with friends. I rested. I went on little solo adventures, pottered around my flat. However, as lovely as the month off was, I almost think upon reflection, I kind of let myself rest a bit too much. I think my brain slightly switched off. And so coming back in September this year, especially, and this is the, what's this? The third time that I've taken a month off. This was easily the hardest kind of transition period I've ever had in September. I spent most of September genuinely feeling awful. And I do not use that word lightly. I'm usually pretty optimistic in my business, but I was not feeling it in September. I felt tired. My like brain didn't feel like it was in gear. You know, that phrase of wading through treacle. That is how September felt for me. And I'm not I'm gonna lie, I had some existential crisis moments in September. I feel like you guys are gonna relate to that. When you run a business, I feel like we just get very dramatic. You have one bad week and it's like, I hate this business, I need to quit. And you know, you're searching on Indeed for other jobs that you can get. That was me in September. Now I've run a business long enough to know that 
a bad day, a bad week, or even a bad month is not something that you wanna make rash decisions because of. So as hard as it was, I kind of just knew, right, September, I need to kind of give this time. I need to give myself time to like get my brain back in gear, get back in the zone, maybe make some of the changes that I'm wanting to make. I think slightly because of that, I then set myself up for what can only be described as the biggest month my business has ever had. To set a bit of a scene, when I entered October, I was like, okay, Q4, something about this time of year feels really good to me. I kind of like a deadline. I don't know if anyone's like that. Like if you tell me something needs doing, I will be doing it the day before. Most of the time, actually, I'm doing it the morning of. My book is the perfect example of that. If you're my publisher, please close your ears. Uh, But I wrote my book the week before it was due. And every other book deadline I've had, guess when it's happening? Right before the deadline. Now, I'm not necessarily proud of that behavior. And I do think that behavior sometimes comes back to bite me ever so slightly. However, in this instance, it helps me because I find Q4 a really kind of energy, a really energizing time of year. I think because the kind of end of the year is in sight, I'm suddenly like, oh, there's a bit of urgency here. There's some things that I want to achieve by the end of the year. And suddenly I feel that bit more kind of driven to achieve them because I feel like at the start of the year, it just feels like there's this big span of time ahead of you. So I entered Q4 and I was like, right, game on. I was kind of feeling in a better headspace because of how I'd kind of let myself re-enter the business in September, partly because I didn't really make a lot of progress in September um, in terms of working on the business. I was very busy in the business, I should say. But yeah, the kind of big goals were not achieved in September, that's safe to say. I looked at Q4 and set myself what I felt, and I would actually still agree they were, incredibly ambitious goals. I looked at Q4 and I was like, right, there are, I think it's, eight key projects that I want to achieve. And I won't bore you by listing them out, but there were things like um, hosting another round of my podcast course, launching a retreat for January, selling my business event again this year, bringing this podcast back, putting on paper back on sale and changing fulfillment center. I had eight big goals for Q4 and they were eight different areas of my businesses that I really wanted to work on and develop. And whilst I knew like these don't need to happen by the end of the year. Yes, the end of the year is a bit of a deadline, but like all that's gonna happen at the end of December is it becomes January, 2024. And all of those things can still happen then. Like the timeline is not set for me, I get to decide. But you know, and you're kind of in the mood that you're like, I kind of wanna be stretched. So I was like, right, stretchy Q4, here we go. I've got these kind of eight key goals. I wrote them on a post-it note. I can see that post-it note stuck on my laptop still because I was like, I need to keep these visible because they feel like so much at once. Like how am I gonna get them done without keeping them front and center literally every minute of the day? And the other thing that I did was I set a revenue goal. And I've decided not right now to share that revenue goal. I think I will in future. You know me, I'm all about financial transparency, but I'm just working out the way I wanna share it. Cause to me, like just sharing big numbers, or you know, the word big is relative, who knows? Maybe my numbers to you wouldn't be big and that's fine. But you know, sharing the, the top level numbers in my business in terms of revenue, I just don't love doing that without a reason, because I feel like so much of the pressure and comparison that comes from running a business comes from seeing everyone talk about their big numbers. You know, I've got a six figure business, I did a 10K launch and oh, I just get so tired of that because revenue is nothing. Revenue doesn't really mean a huge amount. It's what you do with that revenue, the profit or the investment that you make within your business and the way that you made that revenue and whether it felt good, that's the stuff that matters. If you're thinking, oh, but I want you to talk about the numbers, don't worry, I will. What I'm thinking I'll do is in January, I'll do a Q4 review and then I can share with you all of the numbers, not just the big shiny revenue, but also the costs and the profit. Because let me tell you, a lot of the things that I'm doing at the moment are not that profitable, which I think it's always helpful to understand that, isn't it? Like revenue does not mean cash left in the bank. Anyway, all of that to say, I set a revenue goal for Q4. So I had this revenue goal that felt stretchy. I had these eight projects that felt super stretchy. And to catch you up on where I am now, I'm recording this 15th of November. So literally six weeks on, halfway through Q4, should technically be halfway towards all of those goals. Six out of eight of those projects are complete or at least like done to the point that they're now just happening. And I have surpassed that revenue by over 100%. So whatever the goal was in the last six weeks, I have invoiced for, I should clarify, that's how I do my financial goals. It's not about money hitting the bank. It's the amount of invoices that I raise for the total amounts. I've doubled it. 
And I really just want to say before I get into any more of the detail here, I am not sharing any of those things to kind of show off or gloat. <laughs> Hopefully you you know me well enough to know that that's not my vibe. And obviously you heard me talk about how tough September was in my business. So I'm all for, I want to share the high highs to unpack them and, and celebrate them as short as possible. I also want to share the low lows because I think they often come hand in hand. So please know this is not normal in my business. This has been a incredibly surprising and impressive and interesting life last six weeks, but it's safe to say that the last six weeks have been record-breaking for my business in terms of number of sales, um, how many things have sold out, how much money I've raised in invoices. And what I wanna do in today's episode is not just tell you that because that's irrelevant and unhelpful to everyone, um, but actually give you some context on how I think I did that because it wasn't an accident. And that's one of the biggest things I'm always reminding myself in business. Like businesses are not accidental, results are not detached from your input. And so both for my own kind of learning and also if you might find it interesting or perhaps helpful for your own business, I wanna talk a bit about what I feel I did or what the reasons are that I had such a successful six weeks in terms of the numbers in my business. And again, wanna clarify that. I can't speak right now as to whether this feels sustainable. Spoiler alert, I definitely couldn't keep this level of output up for a whole year, but I'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I just wanna kind of let you in a bit and, and reflect a bit on what I feel has made that happen. So to give you a bit of context on kind of what the last six weeks has held, obviously I've shared it's been kind of a very big six weeks, but what that actually looks like in practice, if you maybe don't see my socials or you know see me talking about what's going on in the business, I'm gonna quickly run you through it. I sold out my podcast program twice. I sold out one cohort, launched another, sold that out as well. Uh, launched small business tickets. One of the events sold out in 30 minutes. <laughs> the other event sold out in four hours. And we actually then added a third night on. So we're now doing two Christmas events in London, one in Manchester, and also secured a sponsor for those events, which is a first for me and, and something I'm so excited about and grateful for. I launched three offers for January, which are a virtual strategy day, in-person strategy, strategy day and a week-long retreat, which are all group things to help set people up for the year. The week-long retreat is sold out. The rest are 50% sold out at least. Booked up my one-to-one -one for Q1. I brought this podcast back. I changed over fulfillment centers for on paper and reopened the shop. I also, and I can't believe I almost forgot this when I was writing these notes earlier. I just remembered it. I also handed in my book for the last time in the last six weeks. Yes, I wrote my first draft back earlier this year, but one of the biggest things I've learned about writing a book is is the first draft is, is not the last time you're gonna to touch that book. And I don't know why I was so naive in thinking that might be the case, but a lot of work has been done also to get the book to a point where it can be sent to print. So I'm sure I'm missing a few things, but that list hopefully just explains to you how much the last six weeks have held. Like I said, that is not normal for my business. I'm not sharing any of that to show off. I'll be just as transparent about the seasons that do not feel like they've got so much traction and momentum in them. But the reason I am sharing that is because I think whilst it's all still very fresh and that momentum is continuing. I feel like I'm very much still in it. The rest of Q4, I think, is kind of gearing up to look quite similar. I don't think I'm going to make that kind of revenue growth again, but who knows? I'll share more at the end of the year, I'm sure, and give you an update on this. But yeah, whilst it's all fresh, whilst I'm still kind of in that phase of the momentum, I want to bring you behind the scenes and share a bit more about the how. You know, what I've just listed you through is the what. That is what my business has done or what I've done over the last six weeks. And all that's well and good, but I don't know about you, I always like to understand the how. So I wanna walk you through the five things that I believe have contributed most to such a high output six weeks. And that's a phrasing I'm, I'm gonna try and keep using. It's, it's easy just to say, oh, it's been such a successful six weeks. And I appreciate everyone's definition of success is different. So if you do hear me saying, you know, it's been such a successful six weeks, that's just me talking about what successful means to me. In my eyes, I have absolutely smashed the last six weeks. I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel really proud and I have to remind myself of that list a lot because it's always in my nature to be thinking about what I can be doing better and what can kind of still happen next or what went wrong. I'm really proud and all of that just to say, if I say it's been a successful six weeks, I'm just talking about what success means to me. Well, can you guys tell that I haven't spoken a lot about the behind the scenes of my business in a while and I'm like so terrified of like upsetting someone or getting trolled or saying the wrong thing. Honestly, that is what keeps me up at night is the stress of saying something and someone interpreting it wrong. So if 
I do say anything that's like that, please just put it through that filter. Anyway, disclaimers aside, these are the five things that I believe have really helped create such a kind of big six weeks in my business. So let's get into them. The first thing that I believe has really helped is leaning into my natural rhythm in terms of energy and momentum. Something that I am really learning, particularly this year actually in my business, is to listen to when I am kind of most inclined to work hard and thinking about the way that I structure my time and my plans to align with that. I've been doing this around kind of all types of timeframes. Been doing this a lot, thinking about my day-to-day, looking at my morning routine, around when I do my work, around what I expect from myself at different times of the day, depending on when my brain is best. I've also looked to do this within my week, considering how I kind of front load the week, because that's generally where my energy is better, and then kind of giving myself a quieter Thursday afternoon and Friday. So I've been doing it in kind of different timeframes, and one of the things that the last six weeks have really taught me is that I also have a really significant rhythm to the year. One of my clients actually said this to me, and you know when someone can see something externally so much clearer than you can when you're in it. One of my clients said to me the other day, and she's worked with me for a couple of years, so she's seen my business a lot, you know, over multiple years, and she just said, Alice, you really come alive at this time of year. I think it was right at the start of our call, and you know, the nice pleasantries before you really get into it. She was asking what was going on for me, and I think one of the different things that I've just listed had happened, and she went, you really seem to kind of come alive at this time of year. Like this seems like a really good time of year for you in terms of kind of your output and your momentum. She said it and I was like, actually, that's so true. That's why I found it quite kind of, I don't wanna say easy. I really wanna clarify the last six weeks. It's not been easy. It's been a lot of hard work, but I guess that's why I felt inclined to kind of take all of this action, to want to stretch myself with so many goals and and kind of such a big push at the end of the year. And I can actually see that tracking back years back. That this time of year for me has always felt quite kind of abundant in terms of my energy. And it's always been a time of year where I kind of feel naturally inclined to work that bit harder and I kind of really enjoy working on the business as well as in it. And I can see that across other times of the year as well. I generally find myself having a push right at the start of the year, that kind of new year energy, tend to have a bit of a dip kind of in spring. And then I often have a big push as well across kind of June and July because my month off is coming up and I'm like, right, what else can I get done before then? And I've really realized this year, it's so much better to lean into when your kind of natural momentum is than to try and force it kind of on a consistent level the whole year around. I will put my hands up and say that the level of output that I have achieved over the last six weeks is not sustainable. I am not expecting that what Q4 is holding is going to happen in Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4 next year. I'm thinking about how I can kind of ebb and flow across the year within my business to lean into the seasons where I do have that kind of more natural momentum and interest and energy and lean out a little bit in the times where I don't. I am really realizing that for me, like rhythmic working really works. And it's going to be interesting for me to navigate how to do this because a lot of my work is ongoing. It's not like I, you know, I'm not talking here about just like stopping working in Q2 because that's not a time that I have much momentum. But I guess what I am talking about is considering how I can lean in in the seasons where there is more momentum. If this year is such kind of a strong one for me, and I think because I really lent into this time of year and given myself stretchy goals, I have therefore been able to, you know, surpass them and achieve them, I'm wondering about long-term, like how can I stop expecting kind of consistent output always over the last few years when I've done kind of financial goals, I've set a goal that's the same for every single month. I've gone, right, my goal for the year is X amount. Divide that by 12. Okay, that's now my monthly revenue goal. And I'm starting to wonder, actually, that's probably not the best way for me to do it. I don't even think that's the best way probably for most people to do it. Because what the last six weeks has really taught me is that when I lean into that natural rhythm, and when I kind of push, when I'm feeling like I want to push, I achieve. And I'm sure loads of you can think of times in your own business where you haven't been in that season where you want to push and it feels like you know wading through treacle or just kind of there's just no like natural inclination to work there it's really tough to try and push yourself to achieve the same things and so that's the first thing that I think has really helped me to kind of have this really strong six weeks is that I have listened to when I'm kind of in the right space to push and then I have pushed simple example of this is in September I know myself well enough now to know if I'm not 
feeling it to that extent, there is no point trying to set some big goals because big goals without the capacity to achieve them are just a source of frustration and that is never going to help you mentally. I knew in September, okay, this is not the time to push. And so I let myself take my foot off the pedal. I was still working in the business very consistently. I was still showing up for all of my work and bringing my best to that. And don't get me wrong, I was still working long days, but I wasn't expecting more of myself that I just didn't feel that I could give. And so I'm interested to see myself kind of continue to lean into that. But that's the first thing I'd say really helped me to achieve what I've achieved is leaning into that natural rhythm. And I'd love for you all to think about what that could look like for you. Like I said, in your daily routine and your weekly schedule, in the way that you structure your month, something I'm really interested about is kind of cycle tracking, kind of looking at, you know, how can I think about when I work best, depending on my hormone cycle. There's a past episode on this podcast. Actually, I spoke to the brilliant Lou all about that. So if you want to learn more, go and listen to that. I know that I'll be re-listening to it at some point to kind of implement what she discussed. Moving on then, the second thing that I feel really helped me to kind of have this success over the last six weeks, I can't quite believe I'm saying this because I think past me would roll her eyes if she heard me say this. But do you know what? I'm accepting the personal growth, opening my mind to being okay to changing your mind and realizing things that in the past you've maybe slightly kind of, you know, rolled your eyes at. I've looked after myself and I genuinely think a lot of what I've achieved over the last six weeks in the business has come from how I have changed my personal habits and my personal life. To give you a bit of backstory here, at the start of September, as I've shared already, September was not a good time. I was not in a good place with my physical or kind of mental health. I always, so far, use my month off as almost a bit of a like free-for-all. I just let myself do what I want, when I want. And often that just means like a losing basically all of the habits that kind of keep me in a good spot mentally and physically. And I really wanna preface when I'm saying physically here, there is no part of me that is talking about physical appearance or, you know, weight or anything like that. I am purely talking about just like in my body, how I feel. Energy levels, yeah, kind of just mobility. I don't know what the word is, like fitness. I don't know. Who am I pretending it takes fitness to sit at a laptop and speak on Zoom all day? But there we go. So at the start of September, I just realized like, this is not good. I am neglecting my health in pursuit of growth. And I'd heard so many people talk about, yeah, when I kind of put my health first, my business grew. Or, you know, you hear it all the time, don't you, on those big podcasts, people say like, oh, you know, the secret to my success is like my morning routine or the gym that I go to, ever, you know, whatever it might be. And whilst I don't, you know, fully, fully believe that because I think it's very easy once you've, once you've reached a level of success to adopt all these good habits and be like, these are the good habits that made me successful. And it's like, no, you worked 12 hours a day in the early days and didn't eat anything other than delivery. So did you, did you do that in the early days? I do think that the longevity of my business and my experience of running my business can be improved through me looking at my physical and mental health. I think it's a very short-term strategy for me to kind of sacrifice my health in pursuit of growth only gets me so far for a certain amount of time. So I knew at the start of September, like I'm in this for the long run. I'm I'm running this business for a long time. So I need to start acting like it. And I kind of, you know, tail between my legs, sat down and went, okay, maybe some of these people were right. Uh, maybe past me <laughs> kind of knew something needed to be done there. So what I did at the start of September is I defined what looking after myself better would look like. I first of all outlined the habits that I knew were gonna help me based on, you know, what had worked for me in the past and what I was kind of curious about that maybe Maybe I'd heard people discuss or read about. I then tracked those habits. I can actually, I was going to say I can show you, but this is an audio medium, so that doesn't work. But I have a printed out habit tracker that I made on Canva and printed on my little black and white printer to track my habits. And after about a month of doing that, after about a month of being as consistent as I could with those new habits, I started to see a difference. And I, I wanted to clarify that it took a good month because I am not a very patient person. It's ironic because in my business, I can be really patient. I ran this podcast for a year without really seeing anyone listen or have any traction. And I was like, yeah, no worries. I'm playing the long game. You best believe that mindset does not exist within my personal life. I am that person that like journals once. And then I was like, well, why do I still have bad thoughts? Why do I still feel overwhelmed? Or like, you know, I'll eat one salad and be like, why don't I have loads of energy? I do not have a ton of patience. So I'm really proud of myself for keeping going with all those habits. Like I said, not perfectly, but as consistently as I could throughout September before they really started to make a difference. And in terms of what they did to make a difference, 
difference. Genuinely, the biggest thing that those things have done is that I, first of all, have so much more energy. I always used to hear people say like, I have so much more energy. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean have energy? What is that? But genuinely, I feel like I'm like bouncing off the walls at the moment. RSM keeps saying it. He's like, you're just like, a lot. I don't know what you are. I'm just like trotting around the flat. I'm just <laughs> so much energy. I'm so excited. And the other thing that it's really helped is that I feel so much kind of sharper mentally. And if I don't feel 100%, I now find it a lot easier to kind of get myself in the zone. Easy example of this, actually just before I sat down to record this podcast, I wasn't feeling it. It's 4 p.m. My brain's not quite there. I was like, oh, I'm just not feeling it. Maybe everything's failing and I hate my job. And then I kind of knew within that moment, okay, no, come on. This is what we need to think about or do to kind of get ourselves in the zone. I've never really been that good at that before. Before it's been a lot of just being self-disciplined and kind of, you know, dealing with the fact that I wasn't quite feeling it. I have so much more energy and mentally I just feel so much better. And genuinely, the things that have helped me with that are so simple. Like if I read out the habits that I have in front of me, okay, so I have seven habits every single day and I'm looking at a lot of missed boxes here. I do not tick these off every single day, but I I try my best. I try my best. My habits are first of all, wake up at 6am. Now I know that's not for everyone, but I have been waking up at 6am for over six months now. So that was something I was already doing, but I won't leave the speech here because this is a whole nother episode, but my 6am morning routine has genuinely changed my life and my business. I love it. Journal. So I have to write one page, which I'm not going to lie. Some mornings I literally just sit there and write. I don't know what to write today. So I'm just going to keep writing so I can finish this page and get this done. Usually it's just like waffle from my brain. I do some kind of cold therapy. So whether that's doing a cold shower, which I do most days or like an ice roller on my face, I go for a walk half an hour walk. That's it. Every single day. I spend an hour working on my business. That's another habit. And then the other two is reading a book morning and evening, and then also not drinking. So those are things that I aim to do midweek. You best believe I'm having a glass of rosé at the weekends and I'm not waking at six, up at 6am on a Sunday. Those are the habits that I realize if I do them midweek, I think they're going to really help me in the business. And genuinely those simple habits, most of those don't take me longer than like 20, 30 minutes in the morning. By the time it's half six, I usually have ticked off at least three of those habits, which is very satisfying for me. And those simple habits, I'm not saying they're the right habits for you, but they're definitely the things that for me are really helping me be at my best right now. As I said, I can't quite believe I'm talking about this because I do know that my past self, if she heard this would be like, what? Thought we were like, you know, treat yourself however you want and you can still achieve all your goals kind of person. Like I said, for a time that was true for me, but the results don't lie. Like I'm kind of annoyed it's really worked, but also, you know, the stats are there that there's a direct correlation between the better my habits have been personally, the better the business has been. And I don't know about you, but I don't really think that is a coincidence. I have a feeling those things might be connected. So that's the second thing that I credit this to is I've really looked after myself. The third thing that I think has helped me to have this kind of big six weeks in my business, and this might sound obvious, this is definitely something I've done for years in my business. This isn't anything new, but I would say the way I've done it is kind of on another level is that I have set really clear goals and I have been very, very on it with tracking my progress towards those goals. Like I said, I've always been someone who kind of values goal setting and planning and tracking progress. I've built a whole stationary brand around my beliefs in that area. I think organization is kind of the the core of your business success. If you are not organized, there is a, a ceiling to how much you can achieve or how consistently you can achieve what you do achieve. So I've always loved goal setting and kind of tracking progress, but I'd say there's two ways that I have done this in the last six weeks. It's been a little bit different or like I said, just kind of in a more kind of intentional way. The first thing that I have done, which I've shared already, is I set those eight goals for Q4. I want a side note here. I would never recommend setting eight goals at a time. I knew it was going to be stretchy. And I've, you know, as I'll talk about in a bit, got the people on board to help me to achieve so many things at once. I generally recommend like three goals at once is usually a good mix. It's kind of enough things to work on at a time, but it's not overwhelming. But as I said, I had eight, so I'm gonna be honest with that. I set those eight goals, the eight things I wanted to achieve by the end of the year. What I did was first of all, I put them somewhere I'd see them. So I wrote them on a post-it note. I'm looking at the list right now and it is sellotaped 
onto my laptop. I mean, I'm a little bit nervous when I take this off at the end of December, what the long-term damage to my laptop might be. But for now, that post-it note with my eight goals on is very securely stuck to my laptop. So it's visible. I see it all of the time. I cannot be working without being aware of those goals. First of all, every single week, I have set myself small goals that link to the big goals. So if I can give you an example, one of the bigger goals that I'm still working on is to launch and host my retreats in January. As I said, I'm hosting a virtual one, a day long one and a four day long one. My kind of big goal with that is to have them kind of launched, prepared, sold out by the end of the year. So my goal for this week, the way that this week I wanna chip away at that bigger goal is to reach 50% sellout on all of them as a minimum and to book in the main vendors, like kind of food and suppliers for each of those events. By setting that mini goal for the week, I am so clear on what action I need to take then each day to move towards that big, big goal. If all I did was look at that big goal of like, oh my gosh, I have to launch and sell out three events in January. Where do I even begin with that? That's overwhelming, right? Whereas if I look at my weekly goal and I go, okay, cool. That's just feels a little bit more tangible and actionable and doable. What I then do is I go, every single day, what tasks can I do to move towards that weekly goal? And I don't necessarily work on my goals every single day. My schedule can be pretty full on some days with client calls. Today's a good example of that. I was on a strategy talk call with one of my clients and their team for two and a half hours. I've then been on another two hours of calls this afternoon. I have not had much time today to progress on that goal and that's okay, but I have a ton of time set aside tomorrow to do it. And I had half an hour in the morning yesterday to work towards it. So that's, I say the biggest first thing that's helped me here is that I've set those goals for Q4. Then I've broken them down into smaller weekly goals. And then I've broken it down onto my daily to-do list. Taking messy action towards your goals is really just about bridging the gap between what you do in a 20 minute amount of time and what your big goals are that you're trying to work towards. It's really, really difficult on yourself to try and kind of just have big goals in mind and take action towards them. Whereas if you know exactly what you need to be doing day to day to progress towards a big goal, you're gonna find it so much easier to kind of make that slow but steady progress. So that's the first thing that I think has really helped here is I've, I've set those clear goals and I've been really, really on it and kind of breaking them down further and further. And the other thing that I think has really helped, again, I've already shared this, is that I set financial goals. So I had a goal for Q4 of how much money I wanted to generate in terms of invoices raised. Um, and I also had from that specific goals for all the things I was launching. So I knew, okay, I'd love to reach this total number, but also within that, okay, I'd like to sell this many of these tickets and these many of this product and this many of this. I had really, really clear goals, not just for the big number, but for the breakdown of that. And I think the breakdown is something that I don't always do. I usually just know, okay, I need to make this much. And I'm not always super clear on the how. Once I set those revenue goals and those sales goals, and this is the thing that I think has really made a difference as well. I have been meticulous in the way that I have tracked my revenue. And for me, this tracking has been most effective in paper form, <laughs> which might seem a little bit old school, don't worry. I have an accountant, everything's online that needs to be online. I'm not doing my accounting piece of paper. But what I have got is a physical tracker, you know, kind of like shops do when they're like trying to fundraise for something and they like, you know, scribble off another box. I literally have that for my revenue goal. Every single box on this piece of paper represents a certain amount of money. It's an even amount per box. And then every time that I get a sale or I invoice someone for something or something gets confirmed or a contract gets signed, I put that project onto the tracker. And when I tell you that I'm tracking everything here, like this is everything from like thousands of pounds worth of a contract, right down to like a hundred pound sale. I have been meticulous. I have filled this out every single time I get a notification that someone has paid for something or booked something. And what I think that really meticulous tracking has done is made me hyper aware of what my goals are and what I need to do to kind of keep the momentum going. Every time that I fill that tracker out, 
I get a real kind of injection of energy because I'm kind of celebrating and acknowledging my progress. I don't know if anyone else finds this, but I feel like we're such an online business. It's so intangible. What What's the most you can do? See a Stripe email notification that someone sent you some money or see the numbers on your online banking? Like, I don't know about you, but those things kind of don't really touch the sides for me. They don't really mean a huge amount. When I take this moment to sit down with my little highlighters and my little pen and I count out how many boxes, you know, that sale has been able to fill and I write that person's name in, it's almost this ritual that kind of helps me to see the progress. So I think first of all, it really kind of gives me that energy and helps me to celebrate myself. And second of all, it helps me to see the gaps. You might have seen that when I launch something, a course, a program, anything, I will usually make a physical tracker where I will have post-it notes or a box that represents every ticket I want to sell. I do that not only because it's quite a good kind of marketing strategy to help people see the launch, but also because it helps me to see, okay, that's the goal. I do not want to run a business where I'm just kind of apathetic to the result, where I'm like, yeah, what happens happens. However many I sell is what I sell. I want to be wildly responsible for my outcomes. And so when I can see that there's, you know, 10 boxes that I haven't yet filled, game on. I found that tracking the progress and kind of seeing what's still to come has made me so much more kind of keen to take the action to fill those boxes up. Because instead of it just being like, oh yeah, that's another email notification coming through. It's like, ah, that's another, you know, three boxes highlight and therefore this much closer to that end goal that I have. I will also say, because I know I shared at the start that that revenue goal that I set, I surpassed. I did then set a bigger revenue goal. I am quite close to reaching it again. So we shall see. Like I said, in Jan, I'll, I'll come back and share lots of the numbers if that's something you'd be interested in. But yeah, those are two of the things that I think have really helped. I've set super clear goals in terms of what I want to achieve and also the financial side. And I'll say as well, I'm not super financially motivated. I hear this a lot from clients as well. So I don't think I'm the only one. I don't really care for the money, but I absolutely care for what the money can do, what it can do for my business, for my personal life, for the people around me, for the people I work with, for my impact. That is what I'm interested in. So I'm not really going, oh my gosh, yeah, that's another 500 pounds. I'm thinking, oh, okay, if I achieve this goal, here's what that's gonna mean for my life, for the business, for the lives of people around me. And that's what I really get excited. So that's the third thing that's helped. Clear goals and tracking progress in a pretty incessant way, I will say. These pieces of paper are getting very tattered because I take them with me everywhere because I track, like I said, literally everything the second that it happens. The penultimate thing I'm gonna share, the fourth thing that I think has really contributed to such a crazy last six weeks, kind of links to what I've just been saying a bit actually, is that I feel like I've really taken accountability for the business's success over the last six weeks. I'm not gonna say that I've never done this before because, you know, I've achieved some things before. This isn't, like I said, kind of the business, like achieving results for the first time. I do think one of the things that I am working on at the moment, I think it's been quite a kind of subconscious progress. I don't think I really knew what I was doing until I kind of looked back and reflected for this episode actually. But I feel like I'm really on a journey this year of kind of taking control of the business, letting the business run me, not letting the business just do what it's gonna do, but actually taking control. I think for a couple of years, I have been slightly detached from the outcome in my business. And I think one of the biggest reasons for this is because I have been strategically keeping myself under the VAT threshold. If you are interested in hearing more about my VAT journey, it's been a whole process. Uh, I'll link the episode in the show notes where I talked more about that if you want some context there. But for the last couple of years, for various reasons, and I, I believe I made the right decision for my business here, I have been limiting what my business can achieve because I've been trying to keep myself under the 85,000 pound threshold in terms of revenue on a 12 month rolling period. Like I said, it was the right thing for the business at the time, but probably some helpful context to give you is that I went re-VAT registered on the 1st of August. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the moment that kind of the the floodgates were open. The moment that I had the opportunity to really push, also I think kind of coincided, you know, like I was saying about my health, me really realizing actually what I do has a very direct impact on this business. I think a lot of the success that I've seen in the business over the last six weeks has been A, because I've been able to push the business past VAT without being scared of going over that. And B, because I've really understood actually I am in control here. That might sound really kind of simple and obvious, but 
my kind of default is thinking that everything's an accident and being like, oh, it just happens. Oh, cool. That opportunity came my way or that thing did pretty well or we had a high revenue month. I've never really reverse engineered much of that. And as a result, I've often felt like things were quite out of my control or accidental. But as I said, what I'm kind of in a season I think of doing at the moment is actually taking a ton of responsibility for my results. And I think the biggest thing that's triggered that is realizing that my goals are bigger than my current reality. I think I've been quite comfortable over the last few years because what the business has been doing has kind of surpassed my goals. I've been like, well, this is great. Like, I don't have any complaints. Cool, I'm happy here. But This year I've been kind of really realizing actually I have a vision for the business that is at another level from where it is at the moment. And I've had this moment of going, okay, I want to get it to here, you know, up. If you can just visualize what my hands are pointing to right now, but we are here which is below where I want to get it to. And I think even having conversations with clients or with people that I get to chat to on this podcast, I'm just always reminded like you are in charge. When you are more proactive, when you are more intentional, things do happen. And so part of, I think, what has helped the last six weeks of kind of growth is that I have been a lot more proactive in making opportunities for myself, in making changes in the business, in continually showing up to achieve a goal because I realized that that goal is actually really important to me, to realizing actually I have the potential to impact what happens here. Well, if that's a goal that I want to achieve, why don't I just do everything within my control to make that thing happen? I definitely don't think I've kind of finished learning this lesson. This is definitely a a work in progress for me, but I'm really proud actually over the last couple of months of all of the action that I can see myself taking that I think for quite a while I felt quite scared to do. And don't get me wrong, I still felt scared doing it. Things like stepping away a bit from my one-to-one work and having less capacity for that one-to-one client work. That's been a really scary transition for me and it still feels really uncomfortable if I'm being honest. Decisions like that, You know, also things like showing up on social media to sell something even when I don't feel like it's selling very well. A podcast course is a great example of this. I shared it for about a week, about one person bought. And in that moment, everything in me wanted to stop. And I probably might have done that in the past and gone, oh, it's not worth it. We'll just let it be. Clearly no one cares. But what I did this time is well, and actually Alice, like you're in control of what happens here. And so I kept showing up and I kept doing the thing. And what happened? two cohorts of it then sold out. I do wanna say, I acknowledge that there are times I've had them myself in business. You are, you know, acting like you're in control of the outcome. You do everything you can to create the outcome and it still doesn't happen. Those are really frustrating times in business. I'm not denying that sometimes that's the case, but I feel like I've had a kind of particularly good run of it of seeing actually those scary decisions that I've made, those things that I've kind of known I've needed to do, but have been putting off when I've done them, when I've really acknowledged that I am in control of where the business goes and I've made the scary decisions that are gonna change the business, the business has changed. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But I think that's been a big realization for me of like, oh, when I want something, if I take the action that I know is likely gonna lead to that something and I take that action consistently, that end result happens. I mean, it sounds so simple saying it out loud, but genuinely for me, that's been a big shift across this year. Acting as if I'm in control of the outcome because I absolutely am. That's something I'm really realizing. The last six weeks have not been an accident. They've been because of the things that I have been doing over the last few months. So that's the fourth thing that I credit this to, acting like I'm in control. Fifth and final thing, sorry, I know this has been a long episode. We're about 50 minutes in, that's wild. Thank you if you're still listening, by the way. Hope you're finding this some way interesting. Feels like a one-way therapy session right now. Um, the fifth and final thing, which I'm kind of saving the, the obvious, but really, really kind of, you know, non-negotiable thing till last is that I have asked for help. Now, again, I feel like my past self would roll her eyes hearing this because I really struggle to ask for help and I don't think I'm the only one here. In fact, I know I'm not the only one because I hear this a lot from from you guys when I'm chatting to you on socials, from clients, from friends that are business owners too. It's really hard to ask for help sometimes, isn't it? It's a muscle that I don't think as business owners we exercise very regularly because we work for and by ourselves. We are in this mindset of it, you know, almost like this counteracts my last point, right? Where we're thinking about I'm in control and it's all about me and I have to achieve all these things. Asking for help is kind of like admitting actually me doing everything is not the best scenario. And I think for me, there was a ton of fear and ego related to not asking for help. I think I was scared. What if I ask for help and, you know, take that 
financial risk because it is a financial risk often to get help in because you have to get the help before you really see the benefit. You know, fear of what if that doesn't pay off? And what if I make a poor financial decision? There's also though I think ego in there of me thinking everything has to be done by me or I can do it better than anyone else can when it's like, actually, can you? Is it logical that you as one person can do every single role within the business the best out of anyone ever? So over the years, there's been a lot of things that have held me back from asking for help. And I'm definitely not kind of on the other side of this completely. I'm still finding it uncomfortable to get this help. But I have seen a direct correlation between when I have got some help it's made a difference in the business. And there's two main ways that I have asked for and received help that I think has really helped me achieve what I have over the last six weeks. The first thing has been practical help. My workload is intense at kind of the the most chilled of times. And so I knew when I outlined these eight goals for Q4, the first thing that kind of slapped me in the face was this realization of like, if you don't get help, these eight eight goals are not gonna happen. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm at a season now in business where I'm not willing to work 18 hours a day to make those goals a reality. I'll still work hard, but the kind of crazy hustling and burning out at the expense of my goals. I've learned those lessons, I'm not doing that again. And so I kind of looked at these goals and went, right, well, what do you wanna do? Because you can either get help and achieve these goals or have a stab at achieving these goals, or you don't get help and you need to massively lower your expectations because you cannot do all of this on your own. And I thought, okay, let's be stretchy, Alice. Let's do the thing we've never really done before and get some help. And this help actually came in a really unlikely place because it came from a friend, someone that I already knew. My instinct when I thought, okay, I need help was like, right, I'm gonna draft a job description and I'm gonna write an application process and then I'm gonna share it and I'm gonna kind of do all this for more hiring. And actually I found help because I put that job description in a group chat with two of my business friends. And I said, what do you guys think of this job description? I'm about to put it live. One of my friends, God bless her. If she's listening, you know who you are. You are my genuine like guardian angel at the moment. Um, She replied to that message and said, looks great. Just so you know, if you ever wanted some like help with that sooner, I could do that for now. And I first read that and I won't lie, I first read it and went, no, no, I need someone who's gonna be able to do it long-term. Thank you, but no thanks. And then I was driving later that day and this friend can attest to this. I rang them up and I said, you're right. You are the the absolute right person to do this. And I was like ticking off all these things in my head. I was like, they know me in my business. We have a great working relationship. We've done projects before. All of the systems that I use, they use in their business. So there's gonna be so little training and they can start right away and be mega flexible. Everything made sense, but it was the least kind of logical place for me to go to find help. And that person, um, I'm not naming them by the way, because I don't actually know if if they want me to name them. So I'm just being safe here. All very elusive, isn't it? And mysterious. Who is it? Bah, bah, bah. But that person has genuinely been invaluable to these goals. There is no way that I would be sitting here today telling you about all these things that have happened in the business without this person being on board. Because quite frankly, I would have got to the point of just being so overworked that I'd have gone, nah, I need to change these goals. As I said, I am all up for working hard and I probably would have pushed myself pretty close to burnout but I've learned that lesson and uh, of pushing yourself too hard and I know that I would have just had to change the goals very reluctantly if I'd have tried to do them all by myself because it's been a stretch even with someone else help so that's the first thing that's really helped is having some practical help I don't know what the long-term solution for me looks like I'm definitely realizing I cannot do this alone I need someone kind of in the business day to day to help me with the kind of everyday load so that's that's the first thing that's really helped on that level and I will say as a side note here the person who is editing this podcast the brilliant M. She's been my team member for now. I think it's almost our two year anniversary M or it's just past it. I have had help with this podcast for the last, I don't even know how many years, four, five years. That is a way of asking for help and getting team that I've always found quite kind of easy to do. And it's always worked really well for me. So in that area, I've always been kind of, you know, having team and seeing the benefit. It's getting help in kind of the day-to-day of the business, like the admin, the planning, the, the stuff that I've really ever found difficult to get help with. So just wanted to give you a bit of context there. Uh, and M, I was going to say M if you're listening, but you're definitely listening because you're editing this. Just know, I appreciate you. You're a hero. And I genuinely couldn't have done any of these things without you either, because this podcast would have not gone out. And one of the goals was to get this podcast out. So there we go. Team effort. And the second area that I got help in was someone to give me, I don't know what the right word for this is, 
it's kind of like what I do for my clients, giving me more kind of mental support. There's been someone that over the last few years has kind of been mentoring and kind of coaching me on a slightly kind of ad hoc basis. And I decided in September, right, these eight goals ain't gonna happen with my brain, you know, on its own. I need someone who can kind of hold space for me, call me out on any of the things that I'm kind of doing that um, is maybe unhelpful, give me space to process. And so I got in touch with this person and said, look, let's have a session. And then after that session, I was like, yeah, I need this more regularly. I need you in my corner. So I booked a bulk of sessions and we're kind of meeting regularly to talk through everything that's going on. And I can genuinely say having that support in terms of people doing jobs for me and then people also kind of giving me the support and space has been so essential because I can't do it alone. It's too much. Like those eight goals were not gonna happen without other people getting involved. And I'm really kind of humbling my ego is probably the way to put it in realizing actually, what's the quote? My mum has it on her wall. She loves a quote, I love it. Every time I go to the house, it's like I'm walking around like a motivational Pinterest board. If you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. I won't lie. I like the idea of going fast and far, if I'm honest with you. But I can definitely see how when I'm in this more supported dynamic, when I've got people helping me, the stats don't lie. Once again, things feel better for me and I achieve more. So that is the fifth and final thing that's helped getting. So bit of a recap. This has been a long chatty episode. I really, really praise you if you've got to this point and stayed engaged. The five things that I believe, whilst I'm still in it, there might be more that I can share in hindsight, but whilst I'm in it, the five things that I think are helping me to really push the business at the moment and grow a lot of the key numbers. Number one, I've leaned into my natural rhythm of when I work best. Number two, I've looked after myself and my personal habits. Number three, I've set clear goals and been meticulous in the way that I've tracked my progress. Number four, I have acted like I'm in in control of the business's outcomes. And number five, I have asked for help and accepted that support. Now I'm gonna be honest with you, this episode feels quite vulnerable to share. Maybe it's because I haven't like talked about the behind the scenes of my business for a while. Maybe because I'm so used to talking about when things are bad that it feels a bit uncomfortable to like talk about things being really good. I'm so conscious that for so many people, business feels really tough right now. You know, the the kind of change in the world and in the economy and everything that's going on right now, you know, like it's a, a tough time to run a business. And so I just really, really wanna say, hopefully I've hammered it home enough, but like everything I'm sharing here that's mega shiny, number one is partnered with seasons that are not that shiny. You know, months where I am not hitting those goals, let alone surpassing them. And second of all, there is a ton of time and work behind the scenes that's led to this. I am in year seven of my business. This level of kind of scaling at this pace, I've never seen before. And so I really hope that you found this episode interesting to almost just kind of get curious with me. It feels like I've just kind of sat down and, and talked you through, okay, there's a lot going on right now. Let's kind of understand why. I love understanding why. And so I hope you found this an interesting, valuable, helpful episode. If you relate to anything that I've shared, I would love to hear from you. If you've been through a similar season or you're kind of doing any of the things that I've talked about, or you just wanna share kind of your thoughts on, you know, what often happens behind the scenes to create these kind of high growth periods, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn, just search Alice Benham, or you can pop me a good old email. I love an email, big fan of them. As I said, I'm sure I will share over the coming months kind of more of this from a place of hindsight. This is definitely me sharing whilst I'm still in the messy middle. Maybe that's partly why it feels quite vulnerable as well. But yeah, I'm kind of looking now to 2024, considering how I can look to build on this progress, repeat it, not necessarily repeat it every single month. If I have a month like October every month, I think I will crash and burn. It's definitely not sustainable to be at that level all the time. But yeah, I'm thinking about kind of what the next steps look like for my business. I will absolutely bring you on that journey with me. And like I said, I'll look back at Q4 when it's finished to give you all my kind of final conclusions. But until then, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast and being here. It really, really does mean a huge amount. Make sure that you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening so that you don't miss out on the episodes that are coming your way. Next Tuesday, there will be a guest conversation coming out, which I absolutely loved recording. It was such a good conversation and that is all down 
around the fantastic guests that I had. So keep your ears peeled for that one. But until then, I hope you have a really good week and I want you to know that I am cheering you on from a distance and really believing that you are doing a much better job than you think you are and that your past self is really damn proud of what you're up to and where you're at. So keep that in mind. I'm in your corner and I will be back in your ears next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.